Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been working our way through Genesis, and today we are we would be normally spending some time with Abraham, and specifically the story of Abraham offering Isaac to God. Um, it's a pretty intense story, uh, one that's been interpreted and poured over by hundreds of years. So Kier- Kierkegaard has an entire book on it, uh, and uh, and it goes a little bit like this. Uh, Abraham is promised a child by God, and then once uh, he has a child, the child grows up, and as a young adult or young uh, older teenager, Abraham is told by God, to take the child up to a mountain, light a fire, and offer him as a human sacrifice. And uh, then right before it happens, in classic storytelling, he's able to, before he falls through with this very violent act, uh, God steps in and says, don't do that. I'm going to offer a lamb as a sacrifice instead. It's a difficult story. Uh, it's a little crazy, and it's a, it's it's where we were going to land as we kind of work through the, the life of Abraham. But um, uh, instead of spending some time unpacking that, because it's our third year, and, and God kind of, the Spirit kind of led us in a different direction, we're going to skip ahead and one of the best interpretations, and this is a passage, Abraham's story is a passage that's been dealt with a lot of different ways, but one of the best interpretations I discovered in preparing for today's service, and it's found much later in Scripture. It's found in the prophet Micah, references this story, sort of, it's, and it's here in this prophet story of Micah that I want to spend today. So with that, uh, let's pray. God, we, we give you thanks um, for your word and for the ways in which you sustain us. Help us to continue to be your people, called by your name, people of justice, people of mercy, people of humility. In your name we pray. Amen. Micah chapter 6 is what we're going to hang out with, uh, 6 through 8. And it it starts out like this. It says, and this is in your handout or on the website if you want to follow along. It says, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? This is... This is the question, friends. What do I need to do to be made right with God? The, the, the prophet Micah had leveled an immense amount of uh, stuff. Uh, the prophets uh, had talked about, like many prophets do, things like corruption and greed and violence and wickedness and all of these things that the people of Israel and the people of God were engaged in. And so they're asking the question, what do I need to do to be made right with God? What do I need to do to be on the same page as God? What, for, for what, what do I need to do to be okay, for God to be okay with humans? So the question is, what do we need to do to make up for all the things that we as humans tend to do, and we still live in a world of corruption and violence and brokenness. So Micah offers some questions, some suggestions. He says, shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? This is the go-to response in scripture. Let's make some sacrifices. Let's engage in some religious practices. Uh, Let's do some burnt offerings. That'll make us right with God. Micah goes on and says, Well, will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Micah's sort of escalating. Can you imagine a thousand rams being offered as a sacrifice at the same time? I mean, this would be worse than many factory farms. It's insane. A thousand rams at once, it doesn't work. A river of olive oil. Olive oil was this picture of blessing. You would bless somebody with olive oil. A whole river of it, is that what's what's necessary to tap into the blessing and the sacrifice of God? He says, um, a whole river, thousands of rams. He goes on, shall I even offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Once again, just taking it up a notch. The most extreme Will a thousand rams work? Will a river of olive oil work to make things right? Or do I have to offer my firstborn? All the firstborns in the room, are you nervous? Yeah. They're like, hopefully not. Uh, Is that what it would take to make me right with God? Micah says, no. 
And this next verse is a very popular one. He says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Micah does what the prophets often do. He provides an answer by changing the question. The question that people are asking is, what kind of religious stuff do I need to do to be made right, to get this figured out? Do I need sacrifices or blessings or burnt offerings? What do I need to do to get stand before God right? And Micah comes back and says, it's not the religious stuff that you need to change. It's your personal, everyday life stuff. Love kindness, do justice, walk humbly with God. This verse has been pivotal for our community over the years. We, we're here to celebrate three years, and, and, and success in the church isn't, isn't success of religious services or doing more religious stuff. How many religious things do we need to do as a church to be successful? You know, that's the wrong question, according to Micah. The better question is, what have we done to show kindness and mercy, to do justice? And what have we done, and how have we done it? Have we done it while walking humbly with God? So today we want to share with you a little bit of what we've done uh, as a church and where we're headed and how we're trying to live into this verse and the meaning of it now and into the future. To help us remember what God has done in and through us in the past, Alyssa, our other pastor, is going to come up and share a little. It's good to be here. This is like loud right behind me, but it doesn't sound as weird to all of you, right? Okay, just making sure. Uh, so we launched this church three years ago, um, believing that the church works for God's mission in the world. That's what we believed about the church. It's why we wanted to um, start a new church was because we wanted to be a part of what God was doing in the world and gather people to be um, a part of God's mission. And there are so many places in scripture that we hear God's heart for everyone, um, that we hear what God expects of us, his children. Um, and we hear it explicitly in this verse in Micah 6, 8. And so that's exactly what we set out to do, those things. Uh, kindness and justice and um, walking with God. And so over the last three years, we've focused on three things. Um, we have like, it's on our website and everything, but the, really the three things that we focused on are worship, relationships, and mission. So I'm just going to walk through those three things and just share like where we've been and what we've done and knowing that this is just a small part of what God has done in and through us over the last couple of years. So with worship, we worship in, worshiped in a few different places in Grandview. Um, our average attendance before COVID um, was around 100 people in worship, including kids. Um, some weeks we would have like over 15 kids in that small space. If you were with us at, at um, Backspace, it was a pretty small space and crammed in 15 kids some weeks. Um, we've celebrated 11 baptisms. And I believe that we've created a welcoming place for all kinds of people. Many of us who have been hurt by the religious stuff that we hear about in this Micah passage, um, but creating a safe place for all of the, the hurt and the pain, um, but also the hope that we have in God. In everything we do, we uh, keep relationships at the center. And so our uh, this means our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And the primary the primary way we've done this is through um, small groups, although it happens in worship and it happens in missions as well. But um, over the last three years, we've had over 16 small groups with over 90, I'm estimating, over 90 unique people in those small groups. Um, these groups have prayed together, supported one another through so many life events, um, grown in their faith, served together, and much more. Now, the first thing we did before we even launched um, was we had, um, we hosted a week of service. And uh, that first year, uh, the 
week before September 17th, um, 2017, we had over 180 volunteers serving at 13 different organizations. Um, and then we were able to do that uh, for the past two years. So we did three years of a week of service, just loving on these organizations and providing volunteers and serving in our community. Um, and then what that led to was then um, a couple different mission focuses that we have as well. So in um, fall 2018 and then moving into early 2019, Central City committed to supporting families on the west side of Columbus and throughout the city uh, who are pregnant or have young children. And we do this now through our free store called Little Bottoms. Um, so I'm just going to share some stats from uh, just this year. So, so far this year, we've given out over 15,000 diapers, over 500 packs of wipes, most of which are like the 100 pack wipes or 100 wipe packs. Um, and then just since the end of May, we have given out almost 700 bags of clothes. Now a bag has like, oh, like around five outfits um, in it. Total in um, in 2020, so even before COVID, we've given out over 4,800 outfits in 2020. Now I'm estimating all this because those are the numbers we keep track on Thursday nights. Now we give out diapers throughout the week through partners. We give out diapers when they message me or message Denise. We take clothes, so that's just a small piece of what we've what we've done. And then on average, each Thursday night, each and every Thursday night, we have around 15 volunteers that come out um, to help us support these families. So in 2019, um, we also uh, felt like our next thing mission-wise to support was to support mental health. Um, as, as we all know, like this is something that's being brought to our attention that it doesn't have to be stigmatized. It doesn't have to be um, a bad thing. You don't have to walk through um, depression or anxiety or any of those things alone. There can be a community of people that support you in this. And so we wanted to support people seeking mental health services, um, as well as put together a team of people who could provide resources and events and um, activities, that kind of thing, to help destigmatize mental health. And so, so far, we've raised um, $4,700 for this mental health fund and um, given away over $2,000 so far. And that's to a number of people that were seeking um, counseling and needed just a jump start financially to do that, um, as well as uh, we also hosted um, yoga for four weeks and bought some yoga supplies, and that was really, it was fun for me. Um, just a plug, if you have been um, considering uh, seeing a counselor or getting help with some mental health, uh, but you don't know where to start or you can't afford it financially um, right now, uh, go to our website, centralcity.co slash mental health. Um, we'd love to support you on, on that journey. So when COVID hit, um, we felt, all of us felt that. All of us felt the, the immediate stop. Um, but we have neighbors that were hit financially harder than a lot of us here in this space. Uh, neighbors who were not eligible for the stimulus check that most of us got. And um, so Ben Rule, he's here. Um, he kind of had this idea and gathered a team of people around him and some uh, additional donors to start a relief fund for immigrants. Um, immigrants, new Americans who weren't eligible, um, but really you know, either lost their job or were struggling and needed support um, through this time. And so just over a month, um, we plus some, uh, some donors that Ben knows raised over $12,000 um, that was given to this fund and people continue to give every month. 
And so 10 families have been supported so far with around $6,000 in support. And we're looking to this fall as we, as Ben and his team make more connections with some of these families um, to continue that uh, relief effort for our neighbors. Now, this is a lot, um, but this isn't even everything that we've done. We've been a part of festivals and conversations. We've been active in both of our neighborhoods, both Grandview and Franklinton. And I hope that through all of this that you've heard just the generosity of our community, um, the way in which we love people, the way in which we want to support both our community and our neighbors um, through uh, time, money, prayers, ideas, donations, and our heart for God's mission for all of us. So we are um, so grateful for God um, that he's been able to open these doors, that he's called us to walk through these various doors in our time to engage in justice and kindness and mercy. Um, and so as we move forward, we plan to continue that. that we're just getting started in all of this. And so one place we are um, uh, going to place some additional focus uh, in the coming year is around anti-racism work. Now we've been doing that um, through this summer and um, we want to share a little bit about what um, that'll look like and so our board members, we have two of them, that are going to come up and share um, a little bit about what we've started and, and then Joe will share where we're going. So Ryan and Steven, if you guys could come up. For those of y'all that I've not met, my name's Steven Smith. Um, I'm the chair of the board. Um, as y'all may recall, um, right before COVID, uh, we all got up here and kind of introduced the board that we had formed here. Um, and then the world fell apart. Um, so I actually wanted to give a chance today to have the board members that are here stand up just to kind of remind you of who they are, um, because none of us would be surprised if you've forgotten who we are um, in the mix of everything that's going up. So for those of y'all that are here, if you don't mind standing up real quick and just giving a wave, Lee's already standing up, so. <laughs> All righty. Um, and then Ryan and then myself. So we wanted to take a moment to kind of stand up um, today and have a chance to just share with you all what we've been working on as a board. Um, you know, after, after the killing of George Floyd and with Black Lives Matter movement and um, the protests that were occurring, we, we really felt a heart um, as a church to really uh, not only speak out against racism and systemic racism, but also to adopt uh, anti-racist posture. Um, and so Joe and Alyssa have been fantastic about speaking and um, promoting this and I think really defining who we are as a church, um, as a congregation, and as a community. Um, but we really felt as a board um, the importance to, to put together a statement um, to, to support them in that and not just say that this is something that we're talking about on Sunday, but that we actually are all committed to this and not in a snapshot of time or not just when it's popular and it's what's in the news, but kind of an ongoing part of it, something we feel is important to the fabric of our community and church to truly be anti-racist um, and recognize that the church itself has not only um, been a part of this process, but has actually in its history and even in modern times promoted systemic racism and racism. And so we feel it's important to the heart of Christ to kind of speak out um, against it and then also put into practice the things that we're going to do as a community, as a church and as a, a leadership team to help promote that and help build that into our church. And so 
the the statement is kind of a reflection of this and um it, we had hoped to give it earlier but in some ways i'm kind of glad that it's now when we're together and it feels really poignant to me that we're talking about this on our birthday um, as a church and as a community. Um, and so, you know, if y'all have questions or thoughts or anything about this, um, any one of us on the board or Joe or Alyssa are happy to talk with you more. Um, but, you know, this statement is the thing that we kind of put together to say what we as a community believe and how we feel like we should move forward in this season and really reflect the heart of Christ in it. As Christians committed to loving our neighbors, the pursuit of justice, the importance of rejecting evil in whatever forms they present themselves, we at Central City Church condemn racism and the racist policies that plague our nation and have led to the persistent violence and exclusion experienced by black indigenous people of color. Such bigotry has most recently led to the killings of our black brothers and sisters, including Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McClain, George Floyd, and too many others. Systemic racism and police, police brutality have gone on too long in America. We repent of the way we have contributed and benefited from these realities. As Psalm 82, two through four says, enough, you've corrupted justice long enough. You've let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defenseless, to make sure that the underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and prosecute the, all those who exploit them. Instead of being a force for justice, the American church has often reinforced, supported, and enabled systemic racism in America through the support of policy and theology contrary to the witness of scripture. Going forward, we are committed to broadening our response to systemic racism and justice towards black indigenous people of color. We are devoted to promoting justice, practicing repentance, embodying racial reconciliation within our church community, practicing and modeling our commitment to diversity in all we say and do, and supporting citywide efforts to address racism at both a systemic and personal level. This does not come without challenge as not only is our church majority white, but so is the community of Grandview. With this in mind, we commit to lean on the best practices of black Christian leaders in Columbus while doing our part to step up and stand against historic systemic racism. Considering this, we commit to spearhead and support the formation of the Grandview Anti-Racism Initiative and take part in citywide diversity, equity, and inclusion networks. Our goal is to have a diverse-led organization formed by January 2021. Present non-white voices to our congregation on Sunday mornings in the form of guest preachers, interviews, testimonies, worship, music ministry, etc. The goal is to have diverse voices scheduled in worship at least monthly by June 2021. Develop a relationship with the predominantly black congregation and or black-led congregation and follow their lead on what it might look like to, su to support and be in collaboration with them in ministry. The goal is to have this collaboration articulated by June 2021. As we move forward, we must remember to live out these words from Isaiah 1:17. Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, 
Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. We thank you for being part of our church family at Central City. We extend the peace of Christ to all of those who are suffering and grieve alongside the victims of racial violence and their loved ones. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. Walk humbly is maybe one of the hardest, even spending time focusing on what our church has done seems sort of counter to that, uh, maybe to the humility that God's called us to. So I'll be the first to say we haven't always gotten it right. Um, church hasn't always gotten it right. I haven't always gotten it right. And um, I'll, I think it's safe to say I'm not the world's best pastor. And I'm not just saying that in some sort of attempt to sound humble. It's just the truth. Uh, and I'm fine with that because doing more or trying harder isn't what makes me right with God. It's God's grace and God's grace that opens doors for us to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly. And it's God's grace that keeps us humble for sure. So I'm not perfect, but I'm here. And like you, we're here together and we, we want to make a difference. And um, God does God's best work with those who show up, with those who show up and choose to walk with God. And so as we continue as a church, there's a lot of things to figure out. We want to fight for justice and engage in anti-racism work. And we, we want to partner with Love Boldly uh, and we're in conversations around how we can be more inclusive and safe for all people. We want to continue to encourage all of you in the ways that you're making world-changing impact uh, in your workplaces. People who are doing amazing things as teachers and doctors and medical professionals and mentors and business owners and small group leaders. There's, the change that you're doing in your life and the people that you interact with is, 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 is humbling to us. We want to do all of this, but we know that it comes uh, with, it really happens when, when each of us step up, imperfect as we are, and we walk humbly with God in pursuit of mercy and justice. And I know 2020 has been hard. Uh, it's been a hard year for me. But when we strip away all the chaos and the distractions and we ask the most basic question, God, what do you require of me? And what do you require of our church? I hear the, the answer loud and clear. Love kindness, do justice, and walk humbly with our God. So that's what we're inviting you into as we celebrate. Can you can you imagine what would happen if if all of us committed to the rest of 2020 and to 2021 to this task, to these kinds of things, if we made the purpose of our lives to love justice and to walk humbly? Can you imagine what it might celebrate next year if we stepped out and said, I, I might not have it all figured out, but I'm here and I'm willing. And I want to invite you to, to offer that kind of holy imagination to God. What might God do through us, through you, this coming year? Uh, Alyssa's going to come up and walk us through a, as we kind of come to a close. This is a little longer than, than our typical outdoor service, so thanks for bearing with us. But as we come to a close, she's going to walk us through a simple prayer exercise. Before I do that, I, um, I mentioned Ben um, is overseeing our immigration relief fund, but I also wanted to um, call out Denise um, because not only does she greet all of us most weeks that we are in worship and um, cares for our greeters, but she is also um, single-handedly almost running uh, Little Bottoms Free Store with our donations and our volunteers. She's there every single Thursday night. She's there throughout the week sorting those like you know, 4,800 outfits that I talked about, um, sorting all of those. And I don't know where we would be without you, Denise. And thank you. I do, a Facebook memory popped up this week um, that, that Brad Acock came to our grand opening and interviewed Denise as a first time visitor. And she's still with us. <laughs> Thanks for still being here. Um, we're going to take some time for prayer now. Uh, we can't do anything without prayer um, because through prayer, we experience God's love for us. We um, experience God's direction or redirection when we take the wrong turn. 
Um, we experience God's grace. We experience God's affirmation um, of who we are and where we are. And so um, as a church, as we move, uh, you know, into the next season of our life together, as we um, think about those questions that Joe offered, uh, you know, what what might we celebrate um, next year if we all step out and say, God, I'm here, I'm willing? Um, the question, what might God do through us in the next year? What might God be stirring in you um, as a child of God uh, to do or to be about in the next year? Though All those kinds of questions only come to us, the answers, the, the peace around those only come to us in prayer. So you will have an index card and a pen and a clothes pin with you, or you should have gotten one. I think we have a few more um, at the greeter stations. But we um, we want to invite you in this in this time of prayer that we're going to spend right now. If something comes to you, a word or a prayer or a blessing or a phrase, to write it on the card um, in regards to those kinds of questions. What might God be stirring in you? Maybe a blessing for us as a community in the next year or a prayer or a word that God is giving you um, for our church. We want to encourage you to write that on the index card. And then um, before we go out and uh, into the world, back into the world, or eat lunch, or make a t-shirt, all of those things. Um, we just want to encourage you to put it on. There's twine wrapped around the the trees, like all the, the whole path. Um, and you can see there's some example index cards up there. So just stick it on there. We want to be able to read them, and we encourage you, uh, you know, keeping your distance and all of that, but still, you know, take a look before you leave here at what others are praying about and thinking about um, for our community in the next year and um, where we all sense God is calling us. So um, with that, we're going to spend a few moments in, in prayer. God, we are so grateful to be a part of this community, to be a people who are willing to step out, a people willing to follow you, a people committed to generously loving others. But in the midst of our celebration, Lord, we come seeking you. We hear your heart all throughout scripture to come before you humbly, to love those who maybe they don't know you yet. Maybe, maybe they're our neighbors. Maybe they are strangers. Maybe they haven't always been welcomed. But God, we hear your heart for them. And we want to be where you are. We know that you love us no matter what. No matter what we've done. No matter what we haven't done. But as we move into this next season, God, we ask for your guidance. We ask that you would draw us closer to peace, hope, and love. And that as a community that's called, that we might be faithful. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear who you're calling us to be, where you're calling us to go, and what you're calling us to do. all this in Jesus' name.